What are we talking about again? Movies. Movies part two. It's our first part two. Mm. We should have done that with democracy, to be honest, before we end. I think we've done over a year and we still haven't had a number two yet. Well, that'll be a big one. Captain's log. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Hello, Internet. I am Fireball. And I am the Orbiter. You're, you are in a weird mood today, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not, not physically. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that, but... But now you are, and you regret your life. <laughs> I already regretted my life This is not ago. a good start, is it? It's fantastic. Start what you're talking about. Mm. Anyway, this is going to be our first part two of a subject. Number two, the sequel. That um, doesn't really work, does it? Does it? Number two, the sequel. No. I watched Ready Player One last night. You were too fucked still from the night before because you had a hangover. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The reason I bring that, that up is because I was wondering if there's going to be a Ready Player 2. There probably won't be because... Fantastic film. I don't know. Um, apparently didn't get very good reviews. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But it had a lot of references in it. I'm not going to talk about it too much though because this is uh, uh, possibly something that we may include in a further new development uh, well, well, something else we're, we're going to make a passive mention of, isn't there? I've, I haven't seen it, so... Yeah, which I think would be worth adding to our list of things. Um, so Right, this may have been in the announcement, or we may have decided to check out the idea. We, it, it's in... It's going to be in, isn't it? Whilst we're recording, uh, it's, a, it's a... We discussed it a fair amount, and we got a fair amount of ideas, but... We're still a little shaky on how to actually execute the idea of an entirely new podcast, which, if it has been recorded and went out... This is you, a really long sentence. You may have already seen, <laughs> uh, where we talked about the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, right. Like, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there'll have been a New Year announcement by the time this podcast goes out. Well, yeah, this is like well into January. Yeah, this is the 17th, hopefully, if we catch up by that time. <laughs> well, you might still be working on the anniversary by then. No, I've only got two and a half hours to edit through. <laughs> there will be cake. We maybe shouldn't have made two courses in that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was fun though. It's, it, it is going to be good yeah. when it's finished. It will have been good by the time well, this the goes out. Well, in the tweet I just put out before recording, I said it might be our best video ever. No pressure. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pissing myself laughing. Well, I hope it, it'll it? speak for itself, even if it hits editing shit. <laughs> I'm going to cry I'm, now. I'm, I'm joking. It won't be. It'll be mediocre. Anyway, so yeah, um, we make a passing mention of we watched Shawshank Redemption. Uh, we're going to review that, aren't we? In a we will have maybe. I don't know. We've, we've so we're not going to talk about that bit. today. No, no, but we're going to carry on with movies. And I believe we spent a lot of time talking about Star Wars last time, yeah. and this time um, we have some stuff to a bit about MCU. Move on to yeah, some MCU. Uh, did we not say about? Uh, we did. We did probably. 
um, talk about the Matrix enough, didn't we? Yeah. We we didn't talk at great length about it, but it's. Uh... I think one thing that I maybe didn't mention, and forgive me if I'm repeating myself because these are recorded relatively far apart, and I have a shit memory, especially when I've been drinking, drinking over the past few days since it's and not quite sleeping. Close to Christmas. Yeah, and gaming lots. Yeah. Okay. Well, that game is like heroin. The game that I'm playing right now. What are you playing right now? Kingdom Come Deliverance, and I am that blacksmith son right now. Like I can't not be thinking about that twenty four seven. Speaking of which, that's a brilliant segue into a film that I haven't seen, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen, but I have been told and highly recommended that I should see, and I've I understand is very good. What Deliverance. What's that? It's a film. It's a movie. Shit. (laughs) Um, All I know about it is... I'm thinking of Arrival. There's a a section in it, something to do with dueling banjos. I think it's um, kind of redneck country kind of um, about uh, attitudes to homosexuals or something. I don't know. Is that where the mission from God thing is? No, that's Blues Brothers. Right. Also an awesome film. I've got so many like classic films that he Actually, watched. I have I'm not sure if I've seen I Blues Brothers know, but... 2000. That I'm not I don't actually I don't think it was a remake um or a reboot. Uh but that might be one worth I don't know. We yeah. This today's discussion uh we decided to do a part 2 because we got to the end of the part one a fortnight ago, and we were only just getting our teeth into the subject, weren't we? We'd, and our camera ran out of battery. Yeah, <laughs> and we'd done Star Wars to death. We're going to do MCU to death today, presumably. Well, we did do it a little bit then, uh, but uh, I think there's still a lot that we haven't talked about. With that. Oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr., we, we got onto that, didn't we, about how it's basically Iron Man saved his career and Marvel's. Yeah. I mean, I was working at the cinema as a projectionist when Iron Man came out, and I knew a fair few comic book nerds at the time who were very excited about Iron Man coming out. And I suppose, in some ways, it could just just as easily have been shit, and they could have been disappointed. Well, I think before then, like the only superheroes that really got a mention were Batman and Superman, but they're DC. The only Marvel one was Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, um, well... Before the films came out, I don't think a lot of people... Even X-Men had been around a while. But they yeah, weren't being made X-Men. by Marvel, were they? Yeah, same with the Spider-Man, Sam Raimi ones. I, d- I did actually enjoy the X-Men films, but I am very excited at the prospect of them being integrated into the MCU. Yeah, Logan was a bit weird. It was quite... Um, Quite retro, that. In fact, they released a, a noir edition, didn't they? Black and white version. Yeah, I was just very confused for most of that about what was actually going on. The and I know that you're kind of supposed to be a little bit uncertain about what happened. Do you know, one thing I've noticed, the opening of it gave me a bit of a vibe of kind of Clint Eastwood era kind of um Yeah, Hugh atmosphere. Jackman's getting to look a bit like Clint Eastwood now. <laughs> but one thing I've noticed that... that uh, 
some film producers do to give to give film a bit of a of a dated look is to put a little bit of uh, what's called bob and weave on. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. Well, I also with the, you can you can put some sort of filter effects on digital video, which is all pretty much filmed as now, um, to make it look like grainy, like actual film stock, or put right. put sort of faint scratches or dirt flecks on the picture, which you would get on film. Um, but bob and weave is basically the the very slight. Um, if you've if you've ever watched a film on a TV at home and you notice that the image moves ever so slightly um, up and down and left and right, that's basically the the mechanics of a projector kind of right. Um, I don't know whether it means it's not properly set up. I mean, the, uh, you know, a top notch projector shouldn't do that, but um, but yeah, that's dating stuff. Actually, some, somebody we should notice, bring up talking um, about that. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Needs a mention. Yes. Did he... He didn't direct Shawshank Redemption, did he? No. Um, that was Frank Darabont. I've, have, oh, you, have you seen um, Inglorious Bastards? I have, yes. Um, I will leave that other Shawshank thing for uh, for our Shawshank feature. Um Yes, Inglorious Busters I have seen. Um, Quentin Tarantino I brought up because another film that we showed while I was at the f- cinema, and this was the longest film that I'd actually done. I think it was like a, I think it was like n- nine reels or something. Uh, reels are about twenty like minutes long. Pulp fiction? No, it was Grindhouse, and it was actually a double feature. But it was all done in the style of um, B movies. So there were, I mean, we we got away with everything as projectionists for that because it was done in poor style. It was done with scratches all over the film, like on the film itself, and dirt uh, and jumping and bobbing and weaving and really bad edits and stuff like that, as if. It had been a film that had been at a project uh, in a projection room where it had basically been butchered before it was put on screen. So, like we did things like, I mean, it wasn't part of the film, but um, I'd probably get in trouble if I <laughs> if if um, they'd have known at the time. But things like, whereas normally at the end of a film you would have the um, the shutter would come down to stop the light going onto the screen once the film runs through, so you don't see any of the crap on the on the tail of the film. I just let it run out because that was the style of the film. It was just like really amateur kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, but Quentin Tarantino, was yeah. Was that deliberate? Like, yes, yeah, it was done by him deliberately. In fact, they had a, a series of trailers um, positioned in between the two films. I can't remember what they were, the, the two films. Um, but Grindhouse Cinema was a, a thing. It was like basically... Uh, You'd have to look it up. Look up Grindhouse. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just like sleazy sort of <laughs> flea pit kind of Grindhouse movies. Um, horror film double feature. Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. What were they? They were Death Proof and Planet Terror. Planet Terror was basically a... Um, it was this woman who had a who lost a leg and she had a wooden leg but she had a, a leg replaced with a machine gun 
So she could go around shooting people with her leg. Um, Intriguing. Death Proof, I can't really remember much about it. I didn't really really watch them. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino is quite... That's another one. Experimental, I was going to say. That's another one I would like to see. I've never got past the first scene, and it's quite a brutal first scene. Is... uh, Oh, what's it called? Shit, I forgot what it's called. Um... It's got, uh, oh, Kill Bill, that's it, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Ah, right. Have you seen either of those? Um, I've seen parts of them. Yeah. I've seen Pulp Fiction, I've seen Reservoir Dogs. Um, I want to see Pulp Fiction. Fantastic film. Samuel L. Jackson looks funny as shit in that. He's a dude. I've watched the Hitman's Bodyguard Relatively recently, but I fell asleep during it, so I'm Don't think not entirely that. sure. I saw The Hitman, which was uh, a movie um, kind of crossover from the game, yeah. and it wasn't very good. Yeah, no. <laughs> Video game movies are rarely good. I thought that about Assassin's Creed, whilst it's nice that they got a Relatively big actor in with um, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. It just doesn't really fit because the interesting part about the game there is the historical part. I skip through like all the future bits because they're the most boring fucking thing. Yeah. Although. But you like but you you say that even though that the storyline and everything in the film wasn't brilliant, you you like. Um... The games, don't you? Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, so, I mean, the story... The, is the story it, just not done justice in the movie, or... To be honest... Does it just work better as a game? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could hear any noises, again, my niece is around. We think she may be about to make an entrance. She she might be. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we can pause and start again if we need to. We might have to. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I don't know. Video game movies. Oh, I thought Tomb Raider was done quite well. <laughs> Hello. We're going to have to pause this. Okay, we will see you shortly. Well, we're back. after that short intermission. Uh, so back onto the subject of video game movies. Hmm. I feel like there are some games. Oh yeah, I was talking about Tomb Raider. Sorry, um, mm, that worked. Yeah, that did work. I mean, it changed the story quite significantly, but it kind of needed to. Um, because to be honest, I didn't really care about any of the characters in the actual game. What did you think of? Because is the other, do you think the other way round works better? Because you've played Matrix: Path of Neo, haven't you? Um, yeah, did, and Matrix was that any- Reloaded. Which is more of a tie-in. Path of Neo, the bit for the first film was pretty good, but then they had to get creative with the other bits because a lot of them, like we said before, are philosophy. Right. Um, Although I did find it interesting uh, for The Matrix Reloaded, not Reloaded, what's it called? Enter The Matrix, I think. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> um, where you play as... Is her name Niobe? 
Yeah. And, well, you can choose either her or Ghost um, to play as in that. Excuse me, I've just been eating M&Ms. I'm just picking them out of my teeth. (coughs) Carry on. Yeah, that wasn't fun when I was sick (laughs) the other day. Mm. Oh, oh. And a little bit of peanut in that. Nice. It wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, don't know. It's gone out of my mind. Um, yeah, I think uh, the interesting thing about that was that they'd actually shot like entirely new bits for Enter the Matrix. Um, right. What with the actors? Yeah, and the hacking mini game was quite fun. Right. Uh, although I had no idea how to actually do it. So I just looked it up and I was just like, well, there's actually a multiplayer mode in this. Um, Path of Neo... But, yeah, there was this weird thing about ants. Right. Like these weird ant things and you go into the chateau and then... Like, you kind of start tripping for some reason, and it's really weird. I'm not having a piss, by the way. I'm just pouring some... Mm, poor. <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes into a really weird bit with that. And then they completely change the ending, because it's a really boring ending for a game. So you have to just fight a massive smith made out of other smiths. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as it stands... The MCU is. Um, it feels like there may be a not a reboot, but uh, potentially they're trying to maybe change direction a little. Not, not, not like I say, not a reboot, but it seems like. I mean, the next film's um, going to be called Endgame. Which yeah. I'm pretty sure, with the success level that they're at at the moment, they're not going to be thinking about ending the MCU. So it implies yeah, it might be a might turning change. point for the Avengers, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, I, I don't know enough about comic books to know... Because uh, apparently, and I've heard this theory, uh, you've seen the MCU Spider-Man movie, right? Is that Homecoming? Yeah. Yeah. In that... I mean, the character doesn't get explored a lot. She's more just in the background making funny comments. MJ, we'd assume Mary Jane, is actually black. And in the comic books, uh, at some point, a black girl takes over from Iron Man. Oh, right, okay. So it's possible that given... I mean, I don't know how Spider-Man's coming back, because he will be, I think... Unless they get, uh, I think, Miles Morales to take over, but they haven't really even mentioned him in Homecoming, well, so it'd be a little bit weird. <clears throat> I think there's some kind of reciprocal reciprocal arrangement with the rights for Spider-Man, because the reason he's not been in the MCU stuff up until Well, they've only got the is... agreement for, uh, I think, this film, Endgame, and another Spider-Man movie so far. Mm-hmm. They might get that's with Sony, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But uh, with Disney having bought, um, is it Fox? They bought Fox. 
don't remember. I think, I think they did. Um, and I think Sony is part of the Fox group. So there is speculation that there may um, be a route there for for Disney to put them together. But you see, there's there's different areas of the rights. Um, there's there's rights for. Um, here we go. It's still owned by Rupert Murdoch. Well, who was it? Disney bought then. Disney bought someone last year. The, who who owned um, X Men? It, it might be that they've just bought X Men or done a deal. No, they 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 bought a big. Um, I'm sure they bought 20th Century Fox. Yeah, expecting to close a deal this. Week. Yeah, but that was 14th of December 2017. They actually did close that deal. They bought Fox Disney Fox deal. Here we go. Means X Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four join Marvel. But they haven't bought Fox. Fox is way too big for that. They no, fucking did. They bought 20th Century Fox's entertainment assets. Some of them. They yeah. fucking bought Fox. Oh, did they? Yes. <laughs> Last year. Well, this year. Sorry, earlier this year. Um, Avatar, The Simpsons, and Star Wars. Oh, is that why they've got that new Avatar world? I didn't know they well, started no, building they, that way the, before then. Yeah, but um, that is why... They've got so much control over the Star Wars stuff, like rights wise. Um, and the first Star Wars film. Now, there's there was something about that. Uh, what was that? I don't know. Because <laughs> if you, oh, what was it? I can't remember what it was. There was something different about the first Star Wars film in terms of rights that George Lucas had reserved. Something. Um, I don't somewhere. really care about who and what rights. It's just that. No, but it, it what it does mean is that, um, for instance, we were talking last week about um, the original theatrical releases, which Star Wars nerds have, have want, really wanted to be available, um, and they have Disney never been released. But, well, they could do that now if they wanted to, because it was George Lucas that didn't want them released. But he's given right ownership rights to them now, so they can. Hmm. Um, that was it. If you now buy um, a Star Wars film on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, it'll have the Disney opening logo thing at the beginning. Okay. Um, but the first Star Wars film doesn't. That only has. Do you mean first as in terms of episode? Numbers? Sorry, episode or four, New New Hope. Right. <laughs> um, that starts with the. Uh... I can't remember. <laughs> you just can't remember anything. No, but like, something, something about the opening. <laughs> well, let me tell you a story now. I can't remember this bit. I'm getting old, you fucker. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> story. Hmm. And uh, there was this fox once, and then this fox, this mouse bought the fox. You see, and then. Uh, Oh, that's it. <laughs> this mouse bought the fox. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, can you imagine that? If we're still podcasting in 50 years' time. Uh, you'll be dead then, maybe. <laughs> I'm I'll not only be 97. 
but pretty old. <laughs> yeah, but especially for the amount of drugs you've done in your lifetime. I haven't done any for a long time. But... Yeah, but the health. Ow! Of... It's the alcohol that does the damage anyway, or He's a lot, of, a lot of the damage. A glass of port. <laughs> well, at least I didn't throw my ring up last. Yeah, the thing. What's it? Night. Yeah, but I'm young. So was I once. Uh, Put my cockwomble on there. There we go. Yeah, just uh, that should explain that. For viewers, you can now see what we have renamed a cockwomble. For listeners, um, there's this sponge windshield that goes on the microphones, and the orbiter, Firebolt even. <laughs> Decided to, re- to name a cat. decided to rename them <laughs> Cockwombles. So that's what we're calling well, them Well, you called them Mike Condoms. I feel like this is going off the rails quickly. It is. Hey. It really felt like we needed a part two at the end of the last episode, but... We're falling apart. Well, because you just get, you keep going like, oh, what was this thing? Oh, Movies. Oh, I can't remember. It's, yeah. Well, it's... It, it, as we're recording this, it's what the tw- I, w- I the phone rang and woke me up this morning, quarter past nine. I was supposed to be at the dentist at nine o'clock. I didn't know what the fucking day was. It's the 29th of December. Nobody knows what day 28th. it is. It's not. Yes, it is. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's the 28th. You still don't know what day it is. Nobody knows what day it is in between Christmas and New Year. I do. <laughs> Yeah, only because you were looking at the screen then. No, because it was our anniversary yesterday. We're not married. It's the anniversary <laughs> of the channel. Um, Ooh, <laughs> deformed cockwomble. Fuck's sake, stop playing with that. You'll break it. That just, uh, yeah, there's a... <sighs> anyway, I want to talk about... Actually, first I want to talk about Love Actually because I watched it last night against Bad Judgment. I haven't seen it and stayed up until like three a.m. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, No spoilers. Oh, I can't not spoil it. I'm not sure. Well, I'll try not. That that assumes that I'm not actually going to watch that. I'm going to actually watch it, but I don't know whether I will. That assumes that you'll listen to me. (laughs) Who are you? Exactly. Anyway, so basically. And I I was quite surprised at this because uh, I actually thought it was like an old film, like a classic. Love Actually, old. it's quite old. It, it's quite old in terms of internet years, but like I thought it would be like a 50s film. Or what 60s. are internet years? Well, like... Would you like a mint? No, thanks. Can you stop getting distracted? <laughs> what are internet years? Well, like, something like ASDF, for example, is as old as YouTube itself, I think. So ASDF? <laughs> it's a cartoon sketch thing made by Tom Scar. Who's Tom Scar? He's clueless. I'm not going to show you ASDF. It's... I think I've shown you it before, but it's... There will be, there will be podcast listeners that... Don't know these things either, so look it up. Oh, they 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 can look it up as well. Funny. I might if I can be asked. Uh, the earlier ones were a bit dated, and it's really annoying because people repeat the jokes to shit, even though they're not really funny outside of the context. Dear listeners, 
with just people repeating lines from something. Repeating lines from something? From something. It's like when people just repeat jokes from Monty Python, uh, not realising the irony of that. (laughs) Dead jokes. Yeah, they get dead once they've been repeated a thousand times. It is a dead joke. But they're still funny. It has ceased to be. Why is my laptop having a fit? Because it doesn't like you. I don't like you either. What's that from? I don't know. Star Stop Wars it. Cantina, for fuck's sake. I th- just shut up. <sighs> right, I wanted to talk about love, actually. You did? Sorry, I forgot about that. Carry on. It's actually made as recently as 2003. In terms of movie years. That's it's- 15 years ago. Yeah, it's possibly... Open. That's the year you were born. Yeah. it's It's been literally been made... It was literally made a lifetime ago to you. Well, not quite, because I think it was made around about Christmas, because it is actually about the... You're talking about released, though. I think it was released about Christmas. Yeah, so they'll have been making it since before yeah. your lifetime. But in terms of, like, old films, like when you think of old films, you might think of something that was, like... Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Or the original A Star is Born. Mmm. Or Star Wars. I mean, you might not think of that as too old because it was... Well, I guess you probably would even still think that as old, just it would you're de- older. Depend. We need to. We do need to watch the Harmy editions. But yeah, it, it, it would look older in those. But I would have pieces. thought it would have been more of a classic uh, film, but I was surprised to realise that it was only made in 2003. But anyway, it tells the story of it, I think it's meant to be nine intertwining stories which gets quite confusing right? Um, about love mm. in various forms uh, and it's Spit it out. It, it's interesting because, well, I did look it up afterwards to see what sort of reviews it got because I was also looking for the actors because some of them I was like, where have I seen this person? Mm. And I also learned that Colin Firth from Kingsman is the old guy, not the young guy, which I thought it was the young guy. Speaking of which... <laughs> uh just slight digression, but we'll come back to love. Actually, have you seen the King's Speech? No. That holds a um, significant moment in movie history, in that it's the first time a twelve-rated film was allowed uh, past the BBFC with the F word in it. Oh right. And I think now, because of that, they can have up to two instances of the F-word in a 12-rated film. Well, that was the last thing I heard. It may have changed, because censorship. That's something that may be worth exploring, actually, in a movie's thing, is censorship. Yeah, I do find it annoying how things like... You can get relatively graphic violence in a 12-rated film. Yeah. But one nipple, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the thing that um, made me realise that as as well, how, how arbitrary some of the rules on censorship are, was Lord of the Rings, um, seeing the Uruk-hai being beheaded. 
Yeah. Um, and it but was literally like... because they're not human, but they're all but human. You know, they're, they're, mm. I know they're different. They're fantas- fantasy-based creatures, but they pretty much look like big, muscly blokes doused in tar, don't they? <laughs> but then I still think that that world... Like as soon as it goes to fifteen, that becomes a mature film. Yeah, it's more about the subject matter. Yeah, mm. but I, th- I think just in general, society tends to underestimate kids a little, quite a lot actually. Because, like, I played my first fifteen rated game when I think I was about nine, which isn't because. You guys are shit parents. That and whilst that might have been a little bit different for me, and I did have nightmares about one of them, but that was because it's a clown. Well, that that's the thing. That's the thing <laughs> that's about not of um, violence. The, but that's the thing about censorship in terms of games. They're they're advisory uh, ratings. They're not. Um, you're not not allowed to play them, and it's the same with DVDs of movies. And because they can't uh, stop people watching them in their own home, it, yeah, you can stop people going into a cinema to watch them, but it's not illegal for us to let you watch an eighteen mm. um, at home. I, I because they really can't not. police it. <laughs> well, it's like um, okay, we shouldn't get in too much trouble for this. Deadpool 2 was the first 15-rated film I watched. We did try and go see it beforehand, uh, but I wasn't actually 15 at the time. So... Weren't you, like, literally it was a few days away from your 15th birthday? I think it was a month or so. A month, was it? Um, Yeah, but then having said that, your sister had been to see 15-rated films when she was 14 and got... got Yeah, and I'd seen the original Deadpool. Yeah. So it was ridiculous because... Yeah, it doesn't actually fit. No, but I mean, I mean, cinema chains don't probably don't really care. But they, apart from the fact that they can get their license um, taken away, literally, if they if they're caught letting underage yeah. people into films. But the, I think it's it should just be sort of every film needs to kind of be taken down a peg. Well, they kind of are gradually. Um, I mean, you you look at stuff that was X-rated. Well, like The Matrix is a 15, but that would definitely be a 12 today. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in fact, 12A came in because... And you don't get 12A on DVDs because it's irrelevant. You can't you can't yeah. insist that an adult accompanies you to watch a DVD. But, <laughs> um, yeah, 12A came in specifically because there was complaints about the 12 rating that was applied to... Um, one of the original Spider-Man, I say original, one of the Spider-Man movies came out and it was 12. And that was when 12 at the cinema meant 12. There was no right. um, accompanied by an adult thing. So they had to bring in the 12A rating to basically to, because that's what the public wanted. But they should have a 15A. Yeah. Um, because. I'm trying to remember what the ratings were when I was a kid. There was you. There was A, there was double A, and X. Um, And I think A was the equivalent of the 12 or the 12A, I'm not sure which. I know. Double A was like a 15. R rated movies. 
Yeah. So that, that stands for restricted, doesn't it? It's probably the equivalent of an 18. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of agree with the guidelines thing. I think it's good that they put in little descriptions after like the U and the PG and that saying what the content is that they're that they because their parents can make it. It is quite a barrier in gaming because all the major AAA things, unless it's like Nintendo, aren't really stopped by the same uh, restrictions as movie producers are. I don't think because. To get any sense of violence in their games, like, it has to be an 18 pretty... Well, no, not violence, but, like, to just have a swear word in games, it has to be an 18. We might have to stop again. One thing that did occur to me, actually, while we were momentarily paused there, was that I think you can look at the time that a film or or a programme comes out, and it's almost like a reflection of... um, I'm sorry. I farted, didn't I, before we started? Fine, sorry. <laughs> and it's just circulating. Oh, God. <laughs> I was trying to sound all serious there. I'm glad smell of vision isn't a fucking thing. <laughs> That's fun, farting in a cinema. Because <laughs> nobody knows who it was. Anyway. Unless you make a really loud noise. <laughs> Um, yeah you can you can it can often be a reflection of what the taboos in society are at a given time Um, because you you can imagine I mean at the moment see it seems completely unbalanced to me I mean movies are a fantasy world unless they're like based on true stories and often then they're fantasy worlds as well but anyway horror films you know while it's fine to let people see people having their heads chopped off or their skin ripped off. Honestly, or... I think horror films are the only things that should be 18s because there are some things in horror films that now... But that's just because I'm not a horror film fan. It, it's weird because... <laughs> and it depends what like, the level of some... horror is. I mean, some yeah. of the Final Destination stuff's only 15. I think I could cope with Final Destination because that's more the gore side rather yeah. than... And there's levels of gore, isn't there? Things like some of the saw stuff is quite gruesome, you know. And well, that's quite twisted as well. I Whereas think, there's humour in the Final Destination stuff. I think the point is, uh, quite a lot of lawmakers worry about impressionable people getting inspired by that. But you're always going to have people that. Are quite impressionable. But then, like, twenty-year-olds are quite impressionable as well. So. Well, there was quite a controversial um, film called The Accused. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. Um, Which showed quite a disturbing... um, It it wasn't graphic, if you like, um, but it was quite a disturbingly realistic scene um, towards the beginning of the movie. Jodie Foster, I think it was, was in it. Um, And the whole thing's basically about... uh, the court case um, and bringing a group of people to justice um, because she gets gang raped near the beginning of the film and it's it's quite it's not it's, it's very uncomfortable viewing to watch um, but obviously the, there would have been a time when that 
even that subject, yeah, whether it was, but I feel shown or not would have been taboo. Not talking about it's worse. Yeah, yeah. Not like having such an atmosphere of fear around that subject, even though it's quite distressing for Mm. people who have experienced it. Yeah. I mean, war films are going to be quite distressing for people that have experienced it. Mm. I think not talking about it's just going to make it worse. Yeah. Because there's still so... I mean, you get really surprised by the amount of people that don't seem to realise just how much of a problem it is. There was that, um, speaking about war films, uh, I think... uh, I'm not sure... But before Saving Private Ryan... Um, certainly, possibly earlier, but that, that was like the first, yeah. um, realistic portrayal. I know that they did do quite a lot of glorifying of that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, if you look back to stuff like the Dam Busters and Bridge Over the River Kwai and Guns of Navarone and stuff like that, it's all given that kind of, what ho chaps, tally ho and, yeah. you know, the, the British kind of, well, because... I imagine since the British government had a hand in the censorship part, they wouldn't mm. want it seeming like. But the British Board of Film Censors joining... aren't aren't government owned, aren't government run now, are they? They're not, but in the past they were. Right. Uh, in the but... past, you couldn't even send letters home from the front that weren't checked. Yeah. To make sure it wasn't dissuading other people from joining. But then um, Dunkirk that came out last year, I remember seeing an interview with somebody who was actually there. Um, Great film. And they said that when they watched it, uh, it was just like being taken back there. You know, it was just, it was that realistic that that they felt like they were back there, you know. So I found it interesting that there was, I think, a ticking throughout most of it. Yeah. And sometimes that paused for tension. All right, okay. Um, I know there was the continually rising um, harmonics, wasn't there, in the soundtrack, the music. Mm. On the topic of gang rape from before, <laughs> three billboards out of, outside of um, Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting one. I Yeah, I I didn't like the protagonist through most of that. But I still felt more and more sympathy with her as I realized just like how shit the situation was. I remember feeling let down by the ending with that film I can't remember what happened but there's so many films where you think it's going to stop now isn't it oh for fuck's sake because you want something else to happen yeah well I feel like anti-climaxes are a bizarre but poignant way to end some films there was one film like that that I've heard some people and I think it won Oscars it certainly was nominated anyway um, but I've I've got friends who said that it was a really good film. It was Manchester by the Sea, which I just I watched that, and it was kind of good, but it didn't seem to even have 
um, an anticlimax of an ending. It just seemed to stop. Like it didn't, it didn't. It was like it was halfway through a film when it. Right. It was like, hang on, you've not like left like a sort of oh, what might happen next kind of thing. It's just like, it's just like the film's just stopped. <laughs> it's like, weird. Which there was one film actually that did that before, but it was because they ran out of money. It was um, the original Lord of the Rings adaptation. I don't know if you've seen that. It's quite famous for being so poor, actually. Uh, right. It's kind of semi-animated. Um, I haven't seen that. It, but they ran out of money when they were making it, and it kind of finishes halfway through one of the battle scenes. I think at the end, towards the end of the second book, they tried to do it all in one film, basically. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was it was kind it was stylistically it it, it had character, but mm, I want to just... talk about that book to film thing because a lot of people give shit to movies of the books because they're not exactly faithful to the source material. Mm. Uh, a good example would be the fourth Harry Potter film. Yeah. The actual book, I think, is 36 chapters long. It's, I think, the second longest book in the Harry Potter series. Mm. Because it's told from, and I recently, recommendation watching-wise, uh, I think it's Movies with Mikey. The actual channel's called Film Joy. I think that's just one of their things. And it's quite well edited. And I think it's just one guy doing that specific thing. Not sure. Uh, but he does do in-depth looks into the sort of culture as well as the actual content of the movies. Mm. Um, and they recently did a three-part series on the story of Harry Potter. Right. How the actual films came to be made. Mm. Um, I found it interesting there. They were debating whether to split that one into two. Right. Uh, but for the... I think four through to six. And the reason that they split the seventh book was because that was mainly from Harry's perspective. From four to six, they were doing, they had to switch it to Harry's perspective rather than having a look at other characters' perspective, which I think they'd done previously mm. somewhat. Well, I, I've, um, in one of the other podcasts I listened to talking about the Harry Potter franchise, they reckon that, um, at the moment, the Fantastic Beasts um, thing is signed up for five films. Right. Um, and I quite like the first one of that. I've heard bad things about The Crimes of Grindelwald, though. But we haven't seen it yet, so... No. Um, I, I always but then the theory a is annoyed at some people just for sort of jumping on the bandwagon as soon as... The theory is that after that, they'll, they're likely to do film versions of the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child um, Yeah, the- with the original actors from the films because they will be of the right age right, for, yeah. that, for that part of the story then. And then after that, they reckoned that they're likely feel- to go back and, and reboot. Well, I know there was a bit of a debate a while back... When uh, the cursed child came out about 
I think the actor they chose for Hermione was black. Hmm. And idiots got annoyed at that. But J.K. Rowling said about that, didn't she? She was like, well, yeah. it doesn't actually say anywhere in the books what colour her skin is. Yeah. And in fact, it does say that she has dark, curly hair, which is quite a um, standard characteristic for um, for black ethnicities. Yeah. Um, so there's no reason why she should be considered white, specifically. But I, I would get that in a film sense that they'd want to keep the same actors yeah, canonically. Yeah. Although they did swap out Lavender Brown for the sixth movie, which yeah. some people, because, well, I don't think the sixth book had been written whilst they, once they'd originally cast her, so they didn't really know that she was going to play they kind of such had, a major role. They kind of had to swap out um, Vol- uh, Voldemort, Dumbledore, didn't they? Yeah. Although <laughs> I didn't Harris notice died. that massively no but was it just the first film that Richard Harris was uh, the first two I believe first two was it although they were very different in tone to the rest of the series yeah you mm. couldn't tell that they'd swapped from it being thought of as such of a kids movie mm. uh, but also you can see physically Daniel Radcliffe had Changed a lot between the second and the third movie. Mm, mm. It looks like they, two they years had to. Passed. They had to rush to make them actually, didn't they? Because well, they yeah, had they to... had to make eight films in the space of ten years. Yeah, which is a record. Mm. The only thing, especially for the length of some of them. Yeah, the only thing that the only series that got close was Saw. I think mm. managed to make. But I mean, while there's a lot of horror special effects in Saw, the actual film sets and you know, the whole production um, part of it wouldn't be anywhere near as, as monumental a task as the Harry Potter stuff. Um, I wouldn't imagine. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and also J.K. Rowling did have to sort of rush to finish the last three books because I think at the time they'd started with the first one. She must be fucking loaded. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like... Deathly Hallows sold, I think, 19 and a half million copies in yeah. the first day. But, I mean, the amount of stuff um, that you see, like, in shops, just with anything related to Harry Potter on it, and she gets some money for every sale that's made of anything that's got, yeah, the, you know, the Harry Potter logo on it. You know, it's kind of... And you know what's funny? What? It was rejected nine times. Well, yeah, The Hobbit was... I think um, nine times. I'm not sure specifically. The Hobbit was rejected loads as well, originally. Yeah. The only reason it actually got past the publishers was because uh, I think the CEO of the person that she was going to, daughter, read it and wanted to read more. Yeah. Mm. And if there's a better metaphor for Harry Potter about adults not having a fucking clue what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And kids having to try and figure that out. I, I don't know where you'll find it. <laughs> there is chance, isn't it? Really? The, the, there's no formula for making it. 
Yeah, you stand a lot better chance if you've got family that are in the biz. I notice there's a lot of um, sort of actors and musicians that that are big that have had relatives that are in the field as well. So, well, you, like you, I'm already noticing with my limited experience of the music world that having you as a sort of namesake. Yeah, is on a, a, on a smaller scale helpful because well, you also know a lot of the musicians that might be asking stuff, so you can yeah. actually have conversations with them outside yeah. of. So it makes sense, that. I suppose. But in terms of if you're actually breaking into a field from nothing, um, yeah, you you're at the mercy of chance, really, mm. aren't you? Um, I mean, it helps if you've got a bit of talent as well, but <laughs> yeah. Well, like, there's millions of courses, well, not millions, literally, maybe, um, about storytelling and writing, mm. but I don't even think a quarter of those who take those really make it. Mm. Um, not even sure how many of them get published. I mean, Star Stuff's actually published. Yeah, as a poet. Yeah, which is surprising because she doesn't seem to really like poetry that much. Maybe it's just other people's poetry. Because I don't find I like other people's poetry, but sometimes I had a little bit of fun writing. But to be honest, not massively. I never know which way around it is. I like Samuel Taylor Coleridge, or is it Coleridge Taylor? One of them's a musician, one of them's a poet. The one that wrote um, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which is a fantastic song by Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Simon Coleridge. Taylor Coleridge, yeah. He also did the Inzanadu did Kubla Khan, a stately pleasure dome degree and all that lot. Um, Zanadu's a film. I think it's a musical, actually. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, we I haven't talked about Love Actually yet. Have we not? Well, not properly. Go on then, carry on. Uh, I think we got interrupted. Or you interrupted me, probably. Yeah, probably. Right. It's about nine intertwining stories about love. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll go briefly over the premises, not really trying to spoil the endings to them. Mm -hmm. Although I did get quite uh, a bit confused between who was who by names, because I always find in films, I forget the name of everyone in it. Unless I'm really embroiled in it. That's the same as life to me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, like, Game of Thrones. Oh, that's as, confusing as fuck. As much as I... Whilst I was watching it, I think I had a clue who most of the people are, but that was because like I was... It does get a lot easier. Obsessed with it does one. get a lot easier on a second or third watch. Um, but it is... It is and it's worthwhile, it's really good, but mm. anyway, back to love, actually, before we get... And a lot of people in the reviews don't seem to think that because of the intertwining stories and them being qu- quite relatively short episodes for each scene as each sort of love uh, relationship develops, uh, they didn't <laughs> think that that was enough character development. Right. I think 
whilst I got confused who was who, there was enough development there. I think if they had gone for one more story, they'd pushed it. That, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but that does uh, make me, it does bring to mind for me the um, Steven Spielberg Twilight Zone, the movie, because that has four separate stories in it. Um, and it's weird, that one, because in a way, there is a slight connection, but in a way, it, it kind of mirrors the episodic nature of the actual program itself but it's almost just just like four episodes of twilight zone back to back and 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 then it's um, you know called a movie sort of thing but Mm. um anyway were you wanting to say anything else about love actually well i'll go through because it does as well as it can display love in all forms all forms not all forms but like There's quite a variety of kind of love and the way that they end isn't always necessarily like the happy ending. Yeah. And sometimes it's happier that they don't end that way. Mm. So you've got Prime Minister Hugh Grant, Mm. one of his assistants that he begins to take a liking to. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got... uh, Widowed stepdad. I'm not. Is that a widower? If it's a man? Uh. I think so. And <laughs> his son, although I think it is stepson, um, who has a crush, and that's quite distressing for him. Um. You've got something at a wedding. Which something develops with the best man. Mm. Um, a writer whose wife ends up getting banged by his brother. Okay. And then he goes off into the countryside to finish his book. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an office romance. There's two office romances, actually. One of them's extramarital and one of them's just sort of fledgling. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, you got Bill Nye, who's a sort of rock and roll star, but likes to say fuck it to the rules quite a few times, who's mm. trying to get a Christmas number one. I won't say how his love thing develops because it's quite surprising. Right, okay. Uh, who else? Oh, yeah, there's a guy that just wants to shag a lot, who goes to America to shag a lot. Right. Um, And then there's, I think, stand-in sort of porn stars for like actual movies where there's sex scenes and they're sort of like right. doubles. Yeah. Which is hilarious because they're having like completely monotonous conversations whilst... Yeah. Naked in front of one another. Yeah. I think that might be it. Yeah, I think that might be. But, and then at the end, they all sort of come together on Christmas Eve. Right. Uh, because of a school play and a lot of them all are right, kids. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I neglected to mention in one of the office romances, the man is the brother-in-law of the prime minister. <laughs> okay. Sounds like you would need to be kind of switched on to follow all of this. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend watching it. could watch it tonight if you want. Yeah, I'd, I'd we have time. give it a go. Yeah. Um, Although I've had a couple of glasses of port, so it might not be the best idea. But <laughs> that's all right. I was watching it at like 3 a.m. last night. Mm. So why I was up at noon today. <laughs> well, one of the reasons. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I find it quite interesting because they all play out quite differently. And whilst it is a little bit um, sugar-coated by the feel of things because it's trying to be all positive around Christmas and all that, uh, some of them just sort of awkwardly fade away, which is kind of accurate to how love sort of goes, I guess. <laughs> just sort of, some people just sort of... <laughs> there is a cliché sort of running at the airport to say your last goodbyes to someone. Mm. Which is surprising who actually gets to do that. Yeah. Um... Anyway, I think I've said what I can. I I would very much recommend it. To me, it's the best Christmas film now. It's very funny. Yeah. And I think because of how it switches perspectives quite a lot, and I think I quite like things that switch perspective quite a lot, uh, whilst that can be an issue for character development, I think that just keeps the interest going. Because if you're focusing on one of the stories for the entire film you might get a little bit bored. Mm, mm. And some of them don't have a massive amount of depth from, like, the guy that just wants to get shagged. You can't really get too much out of that. But it's still yeah. funny. Mm. Um, but anyway, this two-parter that we've done on movies, I'm finding quite interesting in that it is, it's quite difficult to... Um, Engage talking about films that one of us has seen but the other one hasn't. Yeah. Um, but one thing I think that might have come out of this is um, sort of the di- uh, the direction for the future of our sort of um, podcasting. Yeah, we're not sure what's going to be in that announcement as of now. So you will have you will know by the time this is. If you've watched it, please watch it because it'll yeah. be interesting. Maybe. In fact, the first episode of whatever we end up doing will have been out as well. Yeah. Which I think we've already recorded some audio for, haven't we? Yeah, about the Shawshank Redemption, like we said. A quick first reaction, yeah. Um, well, it was about five minutes in the end. Yeah, which is which is why I'm thinking that that, that format is, is possibly a good one to explore, because we... Yeah, we're just thinking about ideas right now, even though it's quite near to New Year's whilst we're recording this. Uh, any other films we want to talk about? I don't think there's anything significant that we could talk about that we've both seen. Um, Are there any other cinematic universes? Of course there are, but... Um, well, DC were trying to sort of start their own, weren't they? Was it Justice yeah. League type stuff? 
They're now doing Aquaman as well with the same actor. Yeah. He's actually Carl Drogo, which is all I can know him as. Yeah. But they're still shit, I'd imagine. I've seen the only good else. thing about Justice League, I think, was The Flash, because he at least had some sense of humour. But I think it's just uh, something I mean, that Marvel's managed to get around by amping up their villains. I mean, and I think superhero movies are often defined by their villains. It depends how far you take it in terms of, um, if you're talking about universes, because obviously there have been... What is it, 13 Star Trek films? Yeah. Um, but. And various incarnations of TV series. On well, that. three of them are set on a different timeline. So the previous events, whilst, like, there's the old Spock, the previous events of the movies don't really matter. Yeah. But they have they have done it in a way so that it can still work in a continuity sense. I'm not sure. I suppose it wouldn't really matter. Actually, it might do. What uh, timeline Discovery is set in? Because I think it happens around about ten years before the original series. Right. And the Kelvin timeline switch would have happened but after obviously after enterprise then well yeah mm. that switch in the timelines after that but i think mm. discovery would be after that yeah i'm not sure if that's part of the prime timeline though so it's a bit weird although they are bringing back uh the captain picard thing aren't they yes yeah captain picard's getting his own series I'm not sure what that's starting in 2019. It's apparently, uh, I mean, it's him older, and it's apparently more kind of planet-bound, politically based stuff. Um, Because I'd be an old man now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people already get a bit bored with Star Trek's politics sometimes. Because, well, it's a lot more diplomacy based rather than shooting everything in sight. Um, yeah, like it will be quite. There are certainly ser- there are certainly aspects of. Um, it's quite a big deal when there's a fight in a Star Trek episode. Certainly, aspects of of um, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine that get into the whole political side mm. quite deeply. Um, but I think that gives them time to explore concepts. Yeah. I mean, some of the continuous... You know, you get the to-be-continued things where you sometimes get two-parters in that in the next generation. In Deep Space Nine, some of them run to, like, eight or nine episodes, the storylines. Yeah. Um, Well, by the looks of things, Deep Space Nine and, I guess, Voyager were a lot more about an arcing story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although... But Discovery was completely an arcing story, wasn't it? Yes. Next Generation does have a slightly arcing story with the Borg and Q. Yeah, mm, there's always elements. That... And they reference previous episodes when they meet characters again. Yeah. Uh, they 
it's still very episodic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them stand. Also, I think the development of... Well, I suppose character development in general in most things, if it's a good TV show, won't be changing every episode. Indeed. Anyway, we're getting more onto TV now. Yeah. Uh, so I think we've said what we can about. I mean, there's a, probably a lot more to talk about about films. But for a general, for a general movies. Um, podcast, yes, yeah, without going like ridiculously in depth into each film. Mm. Uh, I think we've talked about it enough. And I'm glad we did the second part because there's still quite a lot to talk about, especially with like censorship and stuff. Hmm. Anyway, I've been Firebolt. I've been the Orbiter. I couldn't even hear that. <laughs> hey, what? Don't know why I'm still talking close to the mic because I'm not anyone whispering. It's getting strange now. It's going very one space order. Bye. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was a weird film. It is. Well, like once it goes past that, it it just sort of Interstellar is also weird in that way. Just as sort of like Interstellar. God, yeah. That okay, was... we're gonna start up the conversation again. That was that was really fucking weird towards the end, wasn't it? Interstellar. I, I really liked it. Okay, actually, yeah. Back onto the confusing films thing from like Logan, <laughs> and it's not because like the plots massively convoluted. It just seems that they're not really clear on some details, or I just didn't care enough. I didn't have any problems with Logan myself. I I completely followed that. No problem. Well, it was just... It just seemed to me that it was just set years after yeah. everything else. It was just it just felt quite slow, I think. But I think that was... And the, not in a tense way. No, but I think that was the style that the film was made in, deliberately. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. No, <laughs> no. But then it went really weirdly into the big action thing towards the end. Mm. But I guess it kind of needed to for its sort of thematic closure. I liked it. I didn't hate it. It's just it was a bit sort of meh. Yeah. Shall we try and finish it? Stellar, that was a bit confusing as well. Although I did follow that. Contact another one of you until that? it goes like until it goes into the weird bit where just everything goes wibbly, and <laughs> he goes into the past to send a message. And, like there's no real explanation you remember, for why that happened. Do you remember Contact? No, I don't know if you've seen that. Contact. I'll look it up because I might have seen it. It is one of my favorite films. 1997, here we go. Um, Robert Zemeckis. It's a Carl Sagan novel. I don't think I've seen it. Oh! Jodie Foster. Very, very good. Another one that I found a bit... I did follow it slightly better than... uh, Logan... Was Red Sparrow. Oh, yeah. That I enjoyed a lot more the first time I watched it than the second time. Right. 
Any reason why? It's good. Um, possibly because because you don't know what the ending's going to be and how it's going to turn out. You're a lot more open to the possibilities, and I think you you speculate more about what's going on, especially with a sort of spy based thing. When you're not sure who's on which side, it's a lot easier to get to to kind of second guess yourself. Than if you kind of know how it finishes. But I don't like being like completely in the dark. There has to be some sort of. Uh, well, in terms of writing, I think I've heard this from Dan Brown. It has to make a promise to the audience. Yeah. And that promise wasn't exactly clear. Right. Before. Like the thing that they know that we don't know wasn't completely clear right what it was supposed to reveal mm. um there's another good one like that um the prestige Do you remember the prestige that's a good one i don't think i've seen that that's a very good one anyway we should be drawing to a close. Yeah. Okay. We have, we have plenty of material to to draw on for future episodes of whatever we do with movie based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this has served as a good introduction to some of that. Some of that maybe. Uh, I don't know really. We'll be doing like little movie reviews on the bollocks report if that is developed by now. Uh, so in some way we'll see how that goes yeah anyway I've been Five Volt I've been The Orbiter and this has been our second goodbye this has been episode 26 movies bye bye again Thanks for listening. We'd really appreciate if you support us on various things, obviously subscribing on YouTube, Twitch, following us on Twitter or Facebook. We have a Discord server that you can join and talk to us and other people, and a website where you can check out blog posts. And obviously this isn't free for us to run, so if you'd like to support us financially, we have a Patreon page where you can donate monthly and get subscriber rewards. We also have a Stream Elements tipping page where you can make one-off donations. The links are all in the description. Farewell. See you next time. Have we finished now? Ooh, that was another thing about no. two endings. <laughs> no. What? About two endings. What was Lord of Rings has two endings. The ring being destroyed and Frodo being at peace. Yeah, but I'm not doing that. <laughs>